Thank you for joining the Zen Care Podcast. These recorded Dharma talks are given freely to our community in the heart of New York City, which we are honored to now share with you. New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care is dedicated to transforming the nature of care through contemplative practice by meeting illness, aging, and death with compassion and wisdom. Learn about us at zencare.org. So happy to be with you. And we were just exploring having few desires and really reflecting on ah, what is the medicine for fear? And the real dropping into exactly where we are and being satisfied with life as it is, with its joys and sorrows, for me is the true medicine. So we want to continue today in this knowing how to be satisfied, which is a good friend to having few desires. Dogen says, you monks, he's quoting the Buddha here, should contemplate knowing how to be satisfied if you wish to be liberated from suffering. Such a good instruction. That we have to take it on. It is not just something to do. Contemplate. If you want to be liberated from suffering, take it on. How are you actually, and how am I actually working with this? He says, the Dharma of knowing how to be satisfied is the realm of riches, comfort, peace, and tranquility. Mm. Just think about that. This practice is inviting us into the realm of riches, comfort, peace, and tranquility. How are you and I actually practicing that? Actually engaging that with our thoughts, with our words, with our actions, since you woke up this morning? And he continues, those who know how to be satisfied are happy and comfortable even when sleeping on the ground or even when a truck is outside your window. To me, this is speaking to a very different understanding of happiness. Often we think of happiness, I know for I, for sure I did, thought about it as like when all the things are optimal, when I was actually liking all the things around, as opposed to the happiness that is available 
when we're really just with what's happening, with our tiredness, with our irritation, the fact that we can actually experience it. Maybe you can hear it, maybe you can. There's a truck idling right outside our window. How do you allow what's happening to actually wake you up? To be satisfied with it. Hmm? He says, those who do not know how to be satisfied are not satisfied even when dwelling in a heavenly palace. There was this amazing study done about the misery of people who win the lottery. That most people who win the lottery, it's like they're waiting their whole lives to win the lottery and then they win the lottery and then they're completely miserable. It's become a nightmare. We think having what we want will provide happiness. But it's in many ways the delusion about, you know, the Buddha was so clear. I mean, for me, I just keep taking it in that how important to be really intimate with the ever-changing nature of reality and how everything is constantly changing, whether or not we like it. Whether or not we like it doesn't even matter. That aging and illness and our dying are just part of life. That it's for sure things are going to happen that we don't prefer. Maybe constantly. Hmm. How do you work with that? I was walking around yesterday with someone and we were looking at different places and walking into different buildings and it was a really, we are touring different places. And there was these people at the door, you know, checking people in at each place. And for me, it was really joyful. I was like, oh, you know, hi, how are you doing? And how's your day? And, and the person taking us around was like, do you know all these people? I said, now I do. He's like, well, I never pay attention. I'm just going to the next thing. So to me, this again is this knowing how to be satisfied instead of this running with anxiety or running with our fear of like getting to the next thing. How do you actually slow down and pause as we're, we're going to be reflecting on this, the beauty of zazen, of staying in our hara, as we just talked about in the last talk. How important it is just to say, ah, oh, I'm really busy and now I'm coming back. But that's always available. It's, to me, rather miraculous.
I don't know if you can hear, there's a siren. Those sirens always remind me of bodhisattva activity. Some people feel annoyed by them. Like, I, why weren't they in a quiet place? But to me, the beauty of allowing the siren and to realize how incredible it is that there are people who are dedicated to running to where people need help. to me is such a beautiful sound. It's saying, help is on the way. And probably the people that they're picking up were not expecting to be where they are. And may they get there safely. And with some ease. Dogen says, those who do not know how to be satisfied are poor, even though they're wealthy. While those who know how to be satisfied are wealthy, even though they have very little. I often think of my teacher's teacher's teacher, Bernie Glassman, who I had the pleasure of studying with. To learn from. And I remember in a talk that he gave once, someone said, well, it's easy for you to say to like do all of this good work in the world, but you know, I don't have very much. And he said, well, maybe you're just looking at your own pockets. But to me, this, what Dogen is inviting us to think about is that kind of scarcity mentality, right? where we're like, oh, I don't have enough. It's never enough. <sighs> Poor me. And we kind of can get more and more like that. And just kind of caught in this loop. You know, as my friend Judd, you know, talks about, you know, you could live your life like this, or you could live like this. Which to me are like the wings of compassion and wisdom. So to me, knowing how to be satisfied is to say, and also to appreciate, of course, we're going to have these moments where we're like this. Yeah, because we're human beings. Going to get caught. <sighs> Probably throughout the day. And yet, the beauty is that we can also go, ah, I'm also here. I can also remember what is wise, what is caring, what is loving in this one precious life. What an extraordinary opportunity that is always available, how to be satisfied. And to me, this also, this opening up 
or the wonderful poet Yehuda Amachai when he talks about, you know, the whole life is open, closed, closed, open, just like that movement. Even in yoga we know that you can't just be open. That's what we learn from the asanas of yoga, that you have to do some balance. So how do we just learn how to appreciate even when we feel tight? when we feel dissatisfied, when we're like, this sucks. Jodo hmm. just recently had a knee replacement and it was this amazing, you know, he was in so much pain, it's a quite a painful um, operation. And he was in excruciating pain for about two and a half weeks. And, uh, and for quite a long time, he was in just so much pain and also just using his walker and making his way to the bathroom or to wherever he needed to go, which is not far. <laughs> and I remember after two and a half weeks, one morning, just watching him with his walker going to the restroom, but heel towing and just slowly walking. And it felt like an amazing thing. You know, just to watch him heel towing instead of shuffling in agony. And how rarely we're so appreciative of just what is. Wow, you're walking with your heel and toes. And how often are we even aware of our own heels and toes? That we can walk. Maybe some of us can. That we can see. Some of us can. That we can hear taste, touch, smell, and how rarely we're even satisfied with that. All of these miracles, in a way. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. He concludes and he says, those who do not know how to be satisfied, like all of us, because we forget, and are always tempted by the five desires, are consoled by those who know how to be satisfied. such a sweet message here. If we think about the medicine for fear, so that when we're caught and we're like, oof, I don't know how to do it. I'm in so much pain, physical pain, emotional pain, spiritual pain. The medicine 
is also to be around people who are satisfied, are content, are with themselves in the midst of the world. So to think about, to me, part of the knowing how to be satisfied is sangha, is community. We can't do it alone. Not possible. And we know even before the COVID-19 pandemic that there was this pandemic of social isolation and how so many of us just isolate, isolate, isolate and do not really allow people in. How sad. And I know that space so well in myself. For a long time, I was so, you know, invested in not really being vulnerable, not really being open. And to me, over time, learning to cultivate relationships with people who knew how to be satisfied, who were really in the world, or as my friend Marie calls them, the life givers, people who are, you know, not just so overly invested in that kind of tightness, but really interested in how we can be loving and enjoying the world, being satisfied with just the way the world is. And to me, that work of cultivating a sense of belonging with others who are satisfied. Beep. With the car horn. What's the big deal? It's so important. So to really reflect on what would be helpful what would serve? What serves satisfaction in you, in me? How do I make sure that in some ways I'm really reflecting on, am I building a life and cultivating a life of practice where I'm really thinking about the medicine for my fear and my anxiety. Can I do something? Is there something I could do each day, even if it's a little bit? Adding a little medicine each day so that I can actually be more here, more satisfied, more content. When Maizumi Roshi talked about this, knowing how to be satisfied, he referred to the Oriyoki bowls. (laughs) 
inviting the sound in. And Oriyoki bowls, for those of you who are familiar with it, or maybe some of you aren't, are these very beautiful lacquer bowls and for a very formal Zen meal. And Oriyoki, the word itself, means just enough. In the ceremony, it's a practice, actually, of eating, which we often don't reflect on. It's like, how, how is eating a practice? How is eating a way to be satisfied? We often just like shoveling food in our mouth. <laughs> and yet, do we take a moment to appreciate? Hmm. So how do you actually reflect on this kind of oriyoki? I mean, the O means response and ryo means amount. And key is container, oriyoki. So responding to the amount in the container. To me, this is the most amazing opportunity that we have to really reflect on what is our response to what is in this container of life as the medicine. How do you really reflect on your attitude of satisfaction with the way things are? To me, it is an incredible journey, an adventure to say, okay, how do I work with how things are? Oriyoki. That's really our incredible opportunity. How am I working with my response? Because we can't control everything. But what we can practice with is our response. And to me, what I love is that our response is also related, of course, to the word responsibility. So our responsibility can also be how we work with our response. We're responsible. And to me, how do we, sometimes people think of that as a negative thing or something like that. But to me, it can be very joyful. It's like, oh, right, I have the opportunity to work with how I respond to all the stimulation in the world. How do I create the conditions that nurture. So I often reflect on the three treasures of Buddhism, a Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha, the three treasures. They're treasures because they're so valuable. Am I awake? The treasure of a Buddha. The treasure of Dharma. Am I receptive to learning from truck sounds and ambulances and pain and joy and wonder? <laughs> it's incredible. The opportunity is incredible. To be truly receptive. 
and the jewel of sangha, of connection. To me, the way to practice knowing how to be satisfied is that awakeness, that aliveness. (laughs) It's so amazing to be that receptive. And to be really connected, to develop relationship with community, sangha. And to me, that's the way to reflect on knowing how to be satisfied. Thank you so much. Thank you.